biggest fear of preaching is that my kids play on my iPad, and then I'm going to wake up one morning and I have to preach, and it's at 2%. Luckily, that did not happen. If you have your Bibles, if you could turn with me this morning to Luke 4, Luke 4, we're going to read the verses 31 through 36. And in this scripture, we're going to read, we're going to talk about and see the power of words at work. And this morning I want to talk to you about words that we use and examine the power they can have. So, the title of the sermon is The Power of Words. By way of illustration, in the early 2000s, there was a foster home in the Midwest that housed children whose parents uh, had passed away, who were as children whose parents had abandoned them. And there was a very high number of children who, as they got older and moved out and moved away, they began to take their lives. They did not succeed in life. They didn't go to college. They didn't really hold down a good job. And they kind of failed to be productive in life. And this went on for a number of years, and the state decided to intervene and investigate, and they found that the counselor that was in charge of talking to the children weekly was talking down to the kids, was degrading them, and saying things like, you're going to end up just like your parents, you'll never amount to anything. So after this, the state came in, they removed this counselor, they installed another counselor, and they noticed that after that, the children that were coming out of that home were contributing in life. They were working jobs, raising families, and there was not one single one of them took their lives. The more of the story is that words have power, and the words that we say can have great impact on people's lives. So let's look at the power of words out of our text, Luke 4.31. Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There too many people were amazed at his teachings, and he spoke with authority. Once when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit began shouting at Jesus, Go away, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? And I know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus cut him short and said, Be quiet, come out of you. He ordered, and the demons threw the man on the floor, and the crowd watched. And when it came out of him, without hurting him further. And the people that were there were amazed and exclaimed, What authority this man's power and words possess. Evil spirits obey him, and they flee at his command. The power of words. So first off, let's look at words have power. I'm sure that you've all heard the dumb phrase, right? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And maybe you've said that, right, as a, as a child growing up. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. Words are extremely powerful, just like we read in our text. In Genesis 1 and verse 3, God said, Let there be light, and there was light. By the power of his word, he spoke the world into existence. So we see that words have power. In our text, Jesus says in verse 35, Be quiet, come out 
of the man. And the demon threw himself on the floor. This man we can see was full of demons, full of unclean spirits. And Jesus speaks the words, come out, and immediately he's delivered. In verse 36, the people that were there said, what authority and power this man's words possess. Evil spirits obey him, and they flee at his command. We'll often hear people of influence. Elon Musk, right, he can tweet something or say something about Dogecoin, and immediately because of his words and who he is and the power of them, right, that stock can shoot up. Now, I, I often think sometimes they do that because they have stake in the stock and, you know, they're trying to get rich off it, but that's neither here nor there. So secondly, words can determine direction. The words can, that we speak can determine our future. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above else for it determines the course of your life. The things that we say can determine the course of our lives. Like I mentioned in the illustration, right? The words that were spoken to those children in that foster home determined their direction. God speaks to us through his word, through preaching, and he gives direction for our lives. Genesis 12, verse 1 says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your relatives, and your family's family. Go to the land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. Pastors, they can speak words of direction to us. And what we do with what we're told, right, can determine the outcome. When God speaks something to someone, you know, if we listen, it can have great impact. I love, and I'm sure you do, the fact that we're seeing people saved and we're experiencing revival. And over the years, we've had words that were given to this church, right? Words about our destiny. These words will come to pass. We're going to see revival. We're going to see loved ones saved, right? We're going to see more churches planted. And one day, I believe this is going to be a conference center. Because I believe the words that were spoken, and those words have destiny. And I hope that you're taking those words to heart as well. So thirdly, words can bring clarity to a situation. Proverbs 8 verse 9 says, My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Many times we see an evangelist coming, right? He'll give a word or say something specific to a person, right? And maybe the person didn't totally understand what they were going through, but that word can bring clarity to that situation. Let's look secondly at words that damage. Our mouths are a very small part of our body. But the words that come out of them, right, can bring lots of damage. And if we don't learn to control our words, you know, that can bring damage. The Apostle Paul wrote, Do not let any wholesome words come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the needs that it may benefit those who listen. The Greek uh, the word translate unwholesome means rotten or foul. And vulgar, you know, vulgar humor, the dirty jokes, right, and the foul language, and just putting people down have no place in the life of a Christian. 
Instead, our words should be characterized by that of what is helpful, building each other up, that it may benefit everyone around us. There are things that we've all said that we regret. I know I've said plenty of things I regret. You say to something to somebody, it's like, why did I say that, right? Things to our spouse, things to our kids that can be damaging. Things to other members of the church that can be damaging. Husbands, wives, the words you speak to your spouse, right, can do damage. I think the most hurtful words that have ever been said to me probably came from Pat. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just want to see if you're awake this morning. <clears throat> right? In an argument, you'll often hear people said, and they came up to me, and I said this to them, they said this to me, and I put them in their place, and I told them. Yeah, you, you may have been right, right? You may have been right, right? But look at the damage now that you've done to that person or to that relationship. In James 3, 1 through 10, there's a number of things it says about our tongues and our words. It calls them a fire, a world of evil, corrupter of the body, set on fire by hell, untamable, full of deadly poison. And from what James describes, it would be best if we just cut out our tongue and not use words and throw it away. Of course, we're not going to do that though, right? Because if we didn't have words, we would use other things, right? Sign language, write things down, we'd send text messages, right? That can still do damage. And the root of these words is our heart. As Jesus says in Matthew 24, or 12, 34, you brood of vipers, you only say, you, how can you say, who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The words that we say reflect on what's inside of us. We can use words that bring damage, but also the enemy can use words that damage. 1 Samuel 17.10, then Goliath said, Today I stand and make fun of the armies of Israel. I dare you to send a man to fight me. At verse 11, Saul and the Israelites' soldiers heard what Goliath said, and they were afraid. We all know the story of David and Goliath. Goliath hasn't lifted a finger. He hasn't killed anybody. He's simply yelling and, and, and speaking words. And the Israelites became afraid, and they had not moved because of the words that were spoken. The devil, he will use words, right? And lie to us and say things, you know, surrender. Don't surrender to the call of God. Your children are going to resent you. They don't want to get up and leave town. If you put your children in the will of God, they're going to be made fun of. They're going to be an easy target at school. Right? And I, I believe it was at the conference that Pastor Heinberg said, you know, the will of God is the safest place for our children. So anyways, the devil doesn't have to do anything. He can just bring these accusations and say these things by the words. And because of that, people can stop going forward and it can bring damage. Luke 6.24, a good person out of the good treasures of his heart produces good, and the evil person, out of the evil, tre- evil treasures produces evil. For out of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Luke 4.24, avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech. Matthew 12 and verse 36 says, I tell you, on the day of judgment you will give an account for every careless 
word that you speak. That's scary. Every single word that's careless, that's damaging, we're going to have account for. And that should give us a wake-up call going forward. Uh, yeah, I should probably measure my words before I say it. Right? Some people say there should be a speed bump in between your brain and your mouth to stop those words or slow them down before they come out. So let's look finally at the words that heal. As Christians, we have to examine our hearts and make sure that the words we're saying are healing and bringing hope to a situation and are leading people to Jesus. Luke 4 and verse 35. Jesus cut him short. Be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the demon threw himself on the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him, hurting him no further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority the man, the power of this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him. And they flee at his command. With the words that Jesus spoke, there was healing that was brought. Jesus goes to the grave where Lazarus was buried. Lazarus has been dead for three days, right? Jesus spoke and called him out, and what was once dead is now alive. To many, this situation, right, seems hopeless. There was no life there, but with words spoken, life was brought to that situation. And with the words that we speak, we can bring life and healing to a situation that often seems hopeless or dead. How do we speak about our loved ones? Our friends that are not yet saved. Our spouse, right? Oh, they'll never, this person will never get saved. You don't know what they've done. You don't know what religion they're in. God can do anything. And what are you speaking into that situation? Proverbs 10.21 says, The words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed for the lack of common sense. What are we speaking this morning? And that's my question to you. What, what are you speaking about your situation? About your unsaved sibling, right? About your headship, about those around you in the church, right? You know, are we speaking negative about the people that we're sitting in church with? Are we bringing to those that are saved and hurting healing words, or are we bringing words that are hurting? And the good thing is that if we aren't, if we're not speaking life, if our words are not pure, if they're not edifying, if they're not building people up, that we can get that right. And that is the hope that Jesus gives us. Amen. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed here this morning. This morning you're here and you're not saved. You're not right with God. If you were to die, you're not sure where you'd spend eternity. This morning you can get that right. You can come down to this altar and get your heart right. John, First John 1, 1 and verse 9, it says, But if we confess our sins, if we speak the words, if we confess them, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if that's you here this morning, you're not saved, never given your life to Jesus, 
This morning, you can, with an uplifted hand all across this place, anyone at all, not saved. Amen. Maybe you once walked closely with God. You were you're raised in church or at one time you were saved in your life. But through whatever circumstance, you're no longer walk, walking with God. You've walked away. You've decided to go and do things on your own. This morning you can come home to get your life right, to come to the cross, a place of repentance. Father, forgive me a sinner. Anyone at all, unsaved or backslidden, you'd slip your hand up. Anyone at all across this place, anyone at all, slip your hand up and put it right back down. Amen. Church, this morning, the words that we say to each other, Are they bringing life to a situation? Are they helping? Are they healing? Or are they doing damage? New converts that are coming in, people that we're seeing that are coming in, are we encouraging them? Yes, they can make it. They're going to make it. Not, well, yeah, I doubt he's going to make it, right? And that's not above any of us. Any of us can say something like that. This morning, you know you've said things that you shouldn't have. This morning, we can come before God, repent, and move on. And going forward, we can speak words that are going to bring healing to situations. Amen. These altars are open. You can come down and find a place to pray. God with the words that we speak God to not be damaging God but they would bring life God words that can heal a situation Lord thank you Jesus for who you are God help me God the words I speak that will be edifying God building people up to not tearing down encouraging God
Let's give God praise this morning. God, we thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. 